Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Got a great episode for you this week. Al Horford, Boston Celtics big man, he joins me from the Celtics practice facility. I cover a lot of ground with Al from his disappointment to not reaching a finals in Atlanta. I think, you know, as you start to be in the league, the more years you start being here, you realize that it's not as easy to to have those special teams um, to be able to get to the finals or to win a championship. To his efforts to lure Kevin Durant to Boston. I had some conversations with him, but, uh, but nothing, you know, really came about and I think that he kind of already had his mind made up of what he wanted to do. All that and more next on the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. My guest this week is one of the biggest free agent signings in uh, Boston Celtic history. Um, and Boston Celtics have not had great luck with free agent signings. He's Al Horford, the uh, Celtic center, and he joins me here on the podcast. Al, first, thanks for joining me. Um when you were thinking about signing in Boston, were you aware of the history of free agents kind of, I don't want to say turning their back, but a lack of success the Celtics have had with that? Um, I, honestly, not not really. Um, you know, when I decided to come here, there was a lot of things that I considered, but uh, I never stopped to think, you know, that, that we weren't able to get any free agents here. What's your take on Boston three months in? Um, I think it's a very... Uh, it's an amazing city. I think the people here are very, very passionate, you know, about all their sports. That's something that I've learned really quickly. And, uh, um, and, and it's, it's awesome the the support that, that you see people from the city around their teams. And, um, and just, uh, I mean, getting back used to the cold, that's been, you know, the biggest thing for me. Um, you know, I went to high school in Michigan, so yeah. it's, it's been a while, but, um, but uh, I've been, you know, I feel like the transition has gone smooth, and that's because 
um, you know, Coach Stevens and, and a lot of the guys, the players, have made me feel comfortable and welcome. Yeah, you're just getting into the cold weather season now. Mm-hmm. Once we get into January and February, that's when you start to really <laughs> wonder what the hell am I doing in the Northeast? I've yeah. had that experience yeah. uh, in the past. Uh, um, growing up where you grew up in the Dominican Republic, not exactly a, a basketball hotbed. Baseball, I would assume, mm-hmm. you know, around you was was the, the the more played sport. I know it was your father that, that played the game. Was, was that it? Was it just following in his footsteps, or was there more that drew you early uh, into basketball? Yeah, no, I think, you know, once I get a chance to look back on it, I think it has to do with my dad, essentially. I started to play baseball. My mom wanted me to play baseball. My grandfather played baseball, so it was a big deal. So I started playing baseball. I just didn't... Um, I just took a more interest in basketball. I love watching baseball, but playing-wise, I just had a lot more fun playing basketball. So, um, yeah, looking at my dad, going to practice with him, you know, every day he would play in the Dominican League. Um, I got a chance to travel with him through South America, um, growing up a little bit in Europe. So um, I got to just experience international basketball and things like that. So that's what really motivated me and, and drove me to be a basketball player. Was it easy to get games out there for, I mean, were, were the kids that wanted to play basketball as much as you did? Uh, you know, it, it's funny because uh, some kids played basketball, but honestly, for the most part, especially in the South American countries, I caught myself, we were playing soccer on the basketball court, like five on five, like, you know, that, that's how we, we got caught playing in Dominican. I did. I was able to get more kids to play with me, and 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 it's a popular sport. It's just that you know, baseball. It's the the number one sport. Your father had a cup of coffee with a few uh, NBA teams. Uh, traveled a bit in Europe. Were you going with him when he was uh, playing in these cities, or were you sent just staying in the Dominican or wherever you were at that time? Um, no, I got a chance to travel with him a little bit. Um, you know, he played um, in Sao Paulo in Brazil. Um, so I got to be there with him for about uh, seven months out of the year. And then um, I was able to go with him to France. Uh, He played in Monaco. Um, I was a lot younger then. Um, But that was all, you know, by the time I was seven, eight, then, you know, that then I settled in in Dominican and just just watch him there when he came in the summers. Was it um, was it tough to see him just keep going off and try to follow his dream and and you guys kind of had to let him do that from afar? Yeah, I mean, I think I had an understanding from an early age that, that you know, that our life was different, that he was traveling a lot. And um, and, and that's what I understood as being a, a professional athlete, um, especially basketball player that, you know, you're going to be on the road a lot and in hotels. And, and I actually loved the fact when I got to travel with him and be in hotels and you know, having team meetings and, you know, he's getting tape in the hallway and, you know, just different things like that. So that that's a lifestyle that I really um, enjoyed growing up. And um, for me, the translation, you know, was easy once I got to this point. What's your favorite memory of uh, of that, all that you just described there, watching him? Um, was there uh, a place or a... Yeah, it, well, in Santo Domingo in the, in the Dominican League, um, I was about eight years old and, and they won the the I guess the the championship um in 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 the league that year and his club had had never done it and my dad just you know played an outstanding series and uh the fan base over there it's crazy Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever seen any of the winter baseball games down there but people out there are rowdy so it was uh, I just never forget the atmosphere and the excitement for people you know and and it was like the sense was playoff basketball here like it's like but it's 
I feel like it's more intense as far as the fans making noise. Like it, it was just a very unique experience growing up, and I just never forget that game seven and them winning it and. Uh, us having to be escorted out of the building because we were the team that wasn't supposed to win and, you know, they're throwing beer bottles and everything on the court and things like that. So, like, that was a, a very memorable moment for me. Your dad was a pro. Um, when did it hit you that, that maybe you want to be a pro or you can be a pro too? Well, from a very early age, believe it or not, um, my biggest supporter was my mom. Uh, she always encouraged me, um, you know, to – to do anything that I wanted, basically. But once I told her I wanted to be a, a basketball player and she kind of got her dreams shattered because she wanted me to play baseball, she was like, well, um, you know, I believe that one day you can play. You can be an NBA player, not a pro basketball, an NBA player. And um, and she said that to me when I was about seven years old. And, you know, it's as a kid, I believed it. And I really believed that I could. And, um, and I knew that I needed to, you know, work hard and watching my dad and seeing everything that he did and how he approached his job every day. Um, I kind of learned from that a little bit, but, you know, her kind of driving me into it. I really felt that, you know, I know a lot of kids say it, but like I actually felt that I could do it. But then realistically, when I was like, okay, I think I have a shot was um, my, my freshman year in college um, that, um, that I started to play a lot um, with, with, with the Gators, um, I felt then that I that I actually realistically had a shot to play. Why Florida for you? Not exactly uh, at that time a basketball powerhouse. Mm-hmm. Um, you're this kid from the Dominican living in Michigan. Mm-hmm. I mean, what was it about Florida? Uh, well, several things, but the biggest thing was um, Coach Donovan and uh, Coach Anthony Grant. Um, and they're both with Oklahoma City right now. But mm-hmm. um, they came and visited me, and I just felt like I had a real connection with them more than basketball. Um, I felt uh, very comfortable with those guys. I believed in what they were telling me. And, um, and, and you know, I just uh, – I liked the idea about be- going to, to class in shorts in the winter. Like I was like I was just thinking about Michigan. I was like I don't have a car. I'm gonna be having to walk on campus to go to class and all that stuff. And I went down to my visit in Florida. It was I went in December, and it no sorry it was November and it was you know 80 outside and sunny and everybody was wearing shorts and I was like this is where I want to be. And you so. play with Noah, who I would imagine personality wise, you guys are like polar opposites in some ways. How, yeah. how was how was that relationship early on, and what did it develop into? No, it was awesome. We were roommates as well. We shared one, you know, one dorm room. So, uh, you know, so it was funny. You would walk into our room, and like my half of the room was nice and neat, and his was <laughs> like, you know, he would have like, you know, McDonald's burgers, two year, two day old burgers on the table, and cups, and just everything. Shoes, just a mess. Just everything. That's how he was, right? But, but it was great. Uh, Joaquin really. Um, has been a huge part in, in in my development as a player. His work ethic um, is, you know, I compare him to anyone. You know, he's a guy that, that really, really worked hard, um, you know, when we were around each other and really motivated all of us to, to be better, um, you know, on the court. And, and, uh, and we were all so focused about doing the right things and getting to this level that mm-hmm. he, I felt like he really helped me 
you know, be more focused, be more determined to to get to this to this level to the NBA because that's you know that's what we wanted to get to. Eventually. Were you guys as as freshmen? Were you talking about the NBA even back then? Was that that in your mind somewhere? Because mm, neither one of you were kind of the yeah. blue chip prospects guaranteed to make it. Yeah, we would say it, but it wasn't the main focus for us. I, I think that for us. Um, we understood that there was a process we had to go through. Um, we needed to be better as players. Like you said, we weren't, you know, picked out to be. So we understood that we needed to work on our bodies. We needed to work on our games and keep developing. And with Coach Donovan, we li- really just bought into what he was trying to teach us. Um, and and once we did that, you know, everything just got easier and, you know, we started being more successful. Uh, so Florida, your, your, your best memory of, of your playing days of Florida? Um, on the court or off the court? Well, I mean, both. Yeah, I mean, I think that, like, believe it or not, I mean, the the things that I remember the most and most fondly of were all, all the off-the-court stuff. Um, but um, I would say um, on the court was definitely when we uh, beat Ohio State for the – for the our second national championship, um, you know, I just felt that that season was um, was a grind because uh, you know there was a lot of expectations, and even though we didn't feel the pressure, but you that de- we definitely you know all came back for that purpose, right, to try to win another national championship. So anything short would have been a, mm-hmm. a disappointment. Disappointment. So it was just a big relief. When, you know, when that clock hit zero and, you know, we were able to, we, we've done it again. So that, that was a special memory. And then then off the court, um, I mean, I would say, uh, man, there's just a bunch of stories. But uh, we um, would go um, to, uh, there's like these natural springs in Florida, right, of, uh, they're like rivers. It's like extremely cold water. And people would go down floating, tubing down it, like get on a tube and you flow down the river. Like that's what that's what you did, right? So like, uh, we all went out there one time, and uh, um, you know we 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 had a lot of fun. It was uh, it was a very uh, different experience. Uh, we met some interesting people out there, but <laughs> but uh, but it, we we had a really good time. So that that's definitely a, a, a very fun memory. So when you get drafted uh, third overall by Atlanta. Uh, at that time, do you want to go to Atlanta? Are you thinking, I just want to go as high as possible? What's your, your mindset going into the draft? Um, well, going into the draft, you don't know where you're going to go. So my whole thing is I want to go as high as possible. Then when I, I realized that Atlanta had the pick, um, I was very happy about it because even though, I mean, I probably didn't know all the stuff that was going on with ownership and all the problems and everything, but I really liked that city when I went, when we, we spent a lot of time there. We played the SEC tournament there. We played the Final Four there. So I was very familiar with the city, and I was actually, I remember telling my parents, I was like, man, it would be awesome if I would get to play here. Like, this is such a nice city. And when it came up, I was static. Um, and, and the group that we had there, we had a really young group, a lot of good players. Um, so that was something that excited me from 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 the bat. Did your father want you to play in a specific place? Did he? What was his thought process? No, no. I think you know he was he was just grateful I was going to be in the NBA, and my mom was as well, and I was too. Um, you know, and at the end of the day, people kept asking me, you know, what do you want to play? I was like, I don't care. I just wanted to play in the NBA. I want to be there, and I want to you know be a part of something special. 
So you get to Atlanta, and, and you mentioned that is kind of a young group. I mean, are you happy there right from the start? I mean, what was what was going on with you this first year? Yeah, no, honestly, I, I was you know I was very happy, very grateful to be there. Um, we had a great group of young guys, um, and my whole thing was just to fit in with the group as quick as I could. And and for us, that our whole goal that year was to make the playoffs. Um, the, the Hawks hadn't made it in many years, and. We had a lot of really good players: Zaza Pachulia, Josh Smith, Joe Johnson, Marvin Williams. We had a, we had a lot of a lot of pieces. So our whole thing was just to make the playoffs, and we did it that year. And that was uh, it was mission accomplished. Nine years uh, in Atlanta. I mean, does you obviously had a lot of success there? But how how disappointed, if that's the right word, are, are you? Were you that to not have one of those teams, you know, get to a finals? One of those teams. You know, accomplish that. Yeah, I mean, I think you know, as you start to be in the league, the more years you start being here, you realize that it's not as easy to to have those special teams um, to be able to get to the finals or to win a championship. And uh, and when you do have a special team, you have to make sure that you take advantage of of your opportunities. Um, you know, I think that you know the Celtics here were a perfect example when I got to the to the league. Um, you know, with Garnett and all those guys, they wanted their first year, and then you know after that, it, it was hard. They were always there in the talk, but you know those teams, you have to take advantage of uh, of that and embrace that position. And um and and for me, um you know I felt like we had our chances, and and yeah, we couldn't get it done. So for me, it was you know time to. To move move forward, the the sixty wins you had in twenty fifteen does that season linger um, in your mind? Maybe more than most. I think it does. It, it does because um, I felt like that year um, we had a special team. Uh, I felt like we had all the pieces put together, and um, and we lost Tabo Cephalosha late late in that season. And um, and he was uh, such a big difference maker. I, I don't think people understood the impact that he brought to the team. Um, and then, you know, Damari Carroll wasn't 100% healthy. Um, that, that was another big blow. So um, I, I think that if, if we would have had those guys and we would have been, you know, healthy, I think it could have I don't know if we would have gone past the Eastern Conference Finals, but I think that it would have been a much different Eastern Conference Finals. Did you think that fully healthy Cleveland was still better than you that year? Um, well, and going back on it, I know that Cleveland had Love hurt as well. So, I mean, they weren't fully healthy as well. But I think that even if they had Love and with our group, I felt like we could have gave them a much better series. And, and who knows, fully healthy, I really – would have you know would have took my chances is it is it hard to let stuff like that go for you um you know when you accomplish especially a season like that when you get to the 60 wins and, and you are the best team in the eastern conference that year during the season well i mean you know you reflect on it uh it was it was good but you can't linger on that like you know you definitely i've definitely moved forward i've learned taken some things from it i learned from it and i and and being around those players and that group has made me a better player. You're listening to the Vertical Podcast with Chris Mannix. Hi, boys and girls. It's Tony Kornheiser reminding you to subscribe and listen to my daily podcast where we talk about everything from sports to politics to the impending animal revolution. And remember, you can listen to new and archived episodes wherever you listen to podcasts, including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Play. 
Nowadays in the NBA, when a guy is is entering his free agent year, that's all anybody wants to talk about. So I'm, you were hearing about your free agency, you know, probably October, November of, of last year uh, with Atlanta. When, when did it hit you that that you might actually leave there? Was it at any point during the season? Was it after the season? When did it first um, start to creep into your mind? Honestly, um, it was um, it was right after our season was over. Um, you know, we just lost to Cleveland, and it was the same way as the year before. You know, we got swept, and um, and I really, you know, started to think if, you know, if Atlanta was the, you know, the place for me, you know, for the future. And, and I was in a, I was in a difficult position because, um, you know, I, I had get along. I got along great with my teammates there, and I have a lot of respect for Coach Bud. And um, and I just kind of came at a crossroads. I was like, well, you know, I'm 30 now. I kind of, you know, I would like to be part of a team that can compete and win a championship. And um, and and I was just kind of faced with that dilemma, with that situation. So that's when I started to think about, you know, what was out there for me um, for free agency. Did any of the stuff that happened prior to that, including the Danny Ferry stuff, did that was that influential in your decision making? Um, no, no, no. Um, you know, I, I have um, tremendous respect for Danny. Um, he was always really good to me. Um, but um, that was something that, that was kind of left left behind. And um, and we were moving forward. I was moving forward. And um, that had nothing to do with that. So compare college recruiting to professional recruiting for me. Um because now it's become more than money, right? It's more now. It's you got you're being pitched about his you know kind of yeah, college life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're being pitched. Um, you know, I think in college, uh, I mean, I think in the in the NBA, you you've been recruited in college. You have an understanding of what an NBA recruiting it's going to be like. I think the only difference here is that you know, for my visits, I had you know former players and current players and owners and and things like that come coming to see you and trying to, you know, I think when the Celtics came to see me, it was very straightforward. You know, we talked about basketball, we talked about the tradition and the history and everything and and how we can make an impact, you know, building into the future. And that's you know that's what was sold to me. Was there uh, a part of the recruiting process, whether it's from the Celtics or somebody else, where you thought it was kind of surreal, like maybe somebody that came into the meeting with you or some part of the pitch? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I was, uh, you know, fortunate enough, you know, I met with Houston with the Rockets and uh, um, Clyde Drexler and uh, Hakeem Olajuwon were there at the meeting. And, and I was, you know, I was definitely in awe. I, I was very in awe. My dad, that, that was, that my dad couldn't believe it. He's, a, you know, he's a huge Hakeem fan. And uh, um, that, that was, that was a special, that was a special moment. So what was it that, about Boston that sold you? Because the money was probably close to the same in a lot of these places. And yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, the, the money was the same. It, it wasn't like, you know, um, for me, at the end of the day, it was about. Um, I looked at at Coach Stevens and and you know Danny and what they're building here. Uh, I looked at the players around me and um, and the and the flexibility and the future that the franchise has, and and I just felt that if you know to win a championship and and work towards that, I felt like I had a great great opportunity to be here and to be. You know, to start working towards that and be a part of that. So um, that's what ultimately made my decision. 
easy. Did Atlanta's decision to sign Dwight Howard change your mind about anything at all? No, 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 no. I mean, I, I um, you know, that had nothing to do with it, even though that at the end of the day, it came down to, you know, Boston and Atlanta. Those were the two teams that, you know, that I was really, you know, weighing on. And, um, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was difficult because, you know, I've been in Atlanta for so long and, uh, I, you know, I had great relationships there. Um, but at the end of the day, I was just looking at my future. That, that, was, that was that. What was, I mean, what was it about Boston's future that, that made it more appealing? Because the Celtics were, were a good team, um, you know, certainly not a great team at that point. What was specifically appealing to you about this organization? Yeah, I just felt like, um, you know, like the, the team here is, is growing, it's developing. It's a young team, but, um, you know, yeah. You know, guys like Avery Bradley and, uh, and Isaiah Thomas and Jay Crowder and guys like that that I feel like have and, and have grown but have a lot a lot of growing to do. Um, and, you know, you have Marcus Smart, Olenek. Like, there's just a lot of guys. And, um, you know, I, I just feel like here um, we, you know, they, they had the, the vision about, you know, getting to that next level. Um, and and it was something that you know that really appealed to me. So clear a couple things up for me. Uh, Houston, how close were you to to going there? No, I think it, it was uh, you know I, I considered them, but I think that you know it was Atlanta and Boston, the, mm-hmm. the two teams at the end of the day that I was looking at. And there was a report out there that that you wanted that you had thought about Oklahoma City if Durant and Westbrook were going to stay. Uh, well, there was a lot of stuff going around. There was a lot of stuff going around. I mean, you know, there, it was a bunch of different stories. There, there was a lot of possibilities. And, and um, you know, at the end of the day, I just felt like I ended up making the right decision and being here. You, you've talked um, about the, the adjustment to, to playing in this team, in this role. For people that don't really understand, you know, what that adjustment is, how, how difficult is it for a player to go from, from one system under Mike Budenholzer to a different one under Brad Stevens? No, it's been very different, um, and and you know not only the system, but you know getting used to the players. Um, and uh, uh, you know I was fortunate enough uh, for for many years to play with you know with a guy, for example, like Jeff Teague. Um, you know, and 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 you know he was he was a guy that you know always knew how to you know uh, how to find you know find me in different times and we build the chemistry. Then Paul Millsap came along and we build chemistry and. Corver and, and it was kind of like that and you know the more games that we play the more confident we were and you know here we we're doing that um but it takes time to really perfect it you know I'm I'm I, I want to be as the best that we can as, as a group I want us to be the best that we can as a group and right now we're you know we're good but I feel like there's we can get so much better you know uh, with the chemistry and everything and that's only going to come with the more games that we play and the more comfortable we we are with each other. You mentioned Teague and now you're you're playing with Isaiah uh, for the most part. I mean, what's I mean, what's something that you and Isaiah um are better at now as we're in early January that that maybe you were adapting to in in October November? Um, you know, I, I just think that you know, we're really you know, I'm really understanding more and more how he plays, uh, and I'm trying to make sure that you know I make the game easy for him, and and that I'm in the right places and positions to make plays when when he delivers the ball to me. 
Um, and, and it's just amazing how he's able to find me a lot of the times out in the perimeter. You know, when he's driving and penetrating, he's able to kick the ball out and things like that. So I think that for me, it's just really finding my spots with Isaiah. Um, and it's taken me a little time, but I, I think we're making good progress. And along those same lines, is there another player on this team that you feel like you've made good progress with playing alongside, whether it's you know certain offensive sets, defensive schemes, something like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely. I mean, uh, Avery Bradley, um, you know, he's a guy that – that um that has made the game easy for me um uh you know he's somebody that i feel like me and him are work together real well um you know playing two-man games and with amir uh with with amir johnson um you know he's a guy that that you know that plays really hard and then on offense he moves really well without the ball he moves uh better than people i guess give him credit for you know he's the kind of guy that you know, I get the ball and I'm making a move and, and you know, he's he's reading me the whole time. So it's like at the end of the day, he's getting dump off, you know, passes from me or, or he's he's always making the right read or getting out of my way so I can go score the ball. So, um, you know, he's somebody that I've quickly developed chemistry with. Do you consider yourself a center? No. No. No, I don't. <laughs> I don't consider myself a center. Um, I know I played it for many years and I did it well. Um, but uh, I think, um, you know, I think I can play both forward center, um, you know, and do you I'll put it this way? Do you prefer a, a bigger rebounding type alongside you or a smaller floor spacer alongside you? Well, I mean, I think that I got into the point in my game that I, I've been trying to space the floor more. So I would say, you know, that's why, you know, a guy like Amir compliments me because, um, uh, you know, he's, he's in there, he's banging, he's doing a lot of that stuff. And, and I can actually, you know, play more in the seams, pop, you know, play more outside. Um, and I think that there are times that I can move to the center and we can go real small and put Jay at the four or Jonas and stuff like that. And I'll play the five and, mm-hmm. and I can play in the inside a lot too. Um, I think that I, that's one of my strengths that I can play in both positions and I'm comfortable playing in both positions you mentioned what Brad's done to uh try to make you more comfortable with this uh with this team I mean how how would you describe your first couple of months playing for Brad Stevens a guy who's really had a a pretty meteoric rise in the NBA as a coach yeah just um trying to learn as much as I can um uh, uh from him and um and he has really made it you know, very simple for me, um, you know, my transition is on the defensive end and on, and on offense. Um, he's, you know, puts the concepts out there and just um, just kind of has really just allowed me to play and just kind of do what I do on the defensive end, be active, do things like that. So uh, it, it's it's been really good to, to have to have that. There's a lot of, uh, you mentioned the the legends that are associated with different teams. This organization has a bunch of them that are still around both daily and uh, maybe a little bit more sporadically. Who have you interacted with, um, you know, here from as far as like ex-Celtics that might be around or, or anybody like that? Um, I mean, I... I've, have you met Bill Russell yet? I haven't met, well, I, I've met Bill in the past. Okay. I haven't met him since I've been here. No, no, I haven't met him since I've been here and I, uh, I've met Larry in the past before too, mm-hmm. but um, I guess you can uh, 
kind of throw Danny in there too, right? Because yeah. he's he's one of those. So I, I interact with him a lot. And there's there's also, you know, there's there's a few that I that I've seen from time to time, you know, here and there, but there's so many, you know, legends here. They're everywhere. And, and, and so many people, even she our trainer, Ed, he's been here for thirty plus years and our even our massage guy and everything. So it's just like literally there's people, you know, there's a lot of the old Celtics still, there's that influence here. Um, and, you know, that's what the Celtics are about. What were your interactions like with Larry Bird in the past? Uh, well, very brief. Okay. Um, you know, no, no, nothing, you know, very brief, but very, you know, um, a lot of admiration for, mm -hmm. for him. So. Have you been, uh, I mean, have you been happy with your decision to come here, you know, three months in as, how, how would you evaluate that part of it? Yeah, no, I mean, I think, I think it's, I've been happy. I'm, I'm happy. I think that the biggest thing it's, there's always an adjustment, um, you know, of, of everything, you know, when you go in from one place to another, um, you know, used to everything from, you know, different locker room to, you know, how you travel, you know, teammates and city and, and just, just a lot of things that I never had to worry about mm -hmm. because I've always been in the same place. So, um, you know, for me, uh, and my family, I, I feel like people here have made our adjustment easier. It's 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 been difficult because it's a lot of changing, it's a lot of moving parts. But um, but I feel like I'm making the most uh, out of my situation. Right and this now. is you mentioned at the top. This is a passionate sports town here, and and that can you know be called tough at times too. I mean, you were you know criticized as crazy as it is for going to the birth of your child mm -hmm. uh, a month or so back. I mean, if you. Have you? I mean, it's it's a lot different, I think, than Atlanta because Atlanta is a very laid back kind of sports town to me. I mean, they you know, they're they're passionate when you get to the playoffs. I, I just don't. It's not, but the daily um, intensity, I would imagine, is a lot different than what you've experienced before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. It's it's very different here. Um, you know, like you said, people are more passionate. But um, one of the things that I've kind of early in my career understood and learned was to kind of you know, focus on, on my business, uh, which is go, go out on the court, perform and practice, do my job the best that I can and stay out, stay out of the media and stay out of everything that has to do with anything. Right. And, and staying out of social media, mm -hmm. you know, I'll tweet out, use Instagram, but I'm not really reading or getting into what, who's saying what, or who said whatever. And that has made my life much, much simpler and, and you know, and, and better. Um, you know, I think that for me to just focus on my job, you know, making sure that I'm being the best that I can and my teammates and, you know, what can we do to win, you know, definitely helps me a lot more than listening to what everyone is saying about us or whether it's good or bad. Mm -hmm. You know, even positive pieces, I don't, you know, I'm not really looking at, at any of that stuff. Um, you know, my, I just try to focus on you know, on myself and on my team. And uh, and that's made it a lot easier for me because I know that there's a lot of stuff that, that has come out mm -hmm. that it's not affecting me because I'm not 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 looking into it. We had Danny Ains just walk in here and, and, and one of the, the things people talk about with this team is is what's it going to look like in the coming years, whether it's, uh, you know, trades that they may do, the draft picks that they have. I mean, how much did you think about that, about this team might be, reshaped in the coming years when you were uh, thinking about signing here? Yeah, no, I definitely thought about it. Um, you know, it, 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 th those were things that I was aware of. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, my priority is to play basketball, 
help us win and and kind of focus on on the group that we have now and I, and I feel like we have a, a good group that we can keep building and growing and that's my focus you know I can't you know I'm not gonna you know that they'll make those decisions if they feel like there needs to be some changes if there's needs to be anything um, you know they'll figure that out and for me I just have to make sure that that I that I help our group one thing I was curious about was did you try to last second get into the kind of help the Celtics get Durant uh, sweepstakes there because you agreed to come and then there was still that window where Kevin didn't decide I mean did you try to help the cause there in any way or yeah, I mean you know I uh, I had some conversations with him but uh but nothing you know really came about and um yeah I just um I think that he kind of already had his mind made up of, mm-hmm. of what he wanted to do. Were they good conversations that you had with him, or um, general general conversations? I mean, you know, if, if they would have been good if, <laughs> if he would ended up here. <laughs> uh, before I let you go, th- this team is now starting to play good basketball, and it's kind of coincided with everyone being healthy, everyone on the court. What the last couple of weeks as this team is has put together a bunch of wins. Um, what have you seen? What's What's been different as, as you've seen this group get healthy? Yeah, well, I think number one is, you know, that, that we are healthy. But, um, but two, um, it's slow, but we're starting to, you know, to understand how to play with each other. Um, you know, uh, our defense is still the point of emphasis that we still feel like we need to improve a lot more if we're going to, you know, if we're going to do anything as a group, we have to be better defensively and more consistent. Um, uh, but uh, but I, fe- I feel like we've really been riding off of Isaiah. It's been extremely hot, um, really scoring the ball um, in, in, a, in a different level. And and that has certainly, you know, put us in positions, you know, to, to win a lot of these games. So I think that if we uh, – lock in defensively, I think that that will put us on another level uh, as a team. You personally have got to be tired of losing to Cleveland. Yeah. I know it was like, what was it, 11 straight when for Atlanta before they won early in the season? I mean, you must, I, you don't seem like the kind of guy that gets too uh, uh, angry at a particular team, but you must hate losing to them. Yeah, yeah, no, it's definitely tough. Um, you know, it, it, it's been it's been frustrating. So, um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> nothing further on that one. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I know you're busy these days. I appreciate taking some time to join me here on the podcast. Uh, thanks very much. Thank you. Thank you for having me. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Al Horf for joining the show. A reminder: you can listen to archive podcasts at iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, really anywhere you can download podcasts. If you have time, post a comment, leave us a rating. I really appreciate it. And I'll see you next week. This has been a digital media production. Find your voice. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, 
We've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah. Oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.